Popeye is a 1980 American musical comedy superhero origin story film directed by Robert Altman. Yes, that Robert Altman. It stars Robin Williams as Popeye the Sailor Man, toot toot, and Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil. The music and lyrics were written by Stephen Greenwell's dad, Harry Nielsen. I'm your host, Neil T. in Merry Old England, and joining me on today's Dying for Scale Movie Club podcast are my regular co-host, Todd Brisket in Austin, Texas. Hey, Papa. Pretty soon, me and you is going to be together again. Yeah. 30 years ain't that long. <laughs> Besides, next Wednesday is our annual university. Is that sweet yeah, in the background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay alive, Papa. That's all I'm asking you. Good night, Papa. Jesus, that's a long quote. <laughs> you done? <laughs> uh, and today's... I said good night. <laughs> And today's guests are Jovial John in Virginia, who hasn't actually seen this movie yet. How comes carrots is a dollar? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Stephen Greenwell in Rhode Island. I have millions of enemies and use dozens of them. <laughs> I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. I was uh, reluctant to include a Robin Williams movie on the Dying for Scale Movie Club podcast so soon after he passed because uh, I really thought it could have become uh, morbid or, or a sad. Um, and I think that could have been the case if, if we'd had something like Mrs. Doubtfire or even Dead Poet Society where it's, you know, it's a great film and it's a great performance and he's, he's got, a, you know, you've got a lot of empathy for his character and yada, yada, yada. Mm. Uh, but the movies we've chosen, uh, we've chosen Popeye and also next time it will be Hook, are uh, pretty bloody awful in themselves. And, but they contain a pretty good performance by Robin Williams. So I don't think yep. we should have any qualms about ripping into the movie because we're not really, you know, we're not saying anything good or bad about necessarily uh, Robin Williams. Okay. And while we're... I think, I think we're going to say good mm. things about Robin Williams. That's well, that's, yeah, that's the thing in the context of... Perhaps a bad movie or a less than good movie, let's yeah. put it. And also, while we're remembering Robin, Robin Williams, we should also say a rest in peace for a couple of other people. Uh, Harry Nielsen, a.k.a. Stephen Greenwell's dad, who he also passed away yeah. at a relatively young age. And F- Fun fact, fun fact mm-hmm. about that guy. Yeah. He was also the, guy of, uh, the dad of the guy in Broken Lizard. <laughs> that's right, yes. Well, yeah, that's kind of like Stephen's stepbrother. You yeah, there, Stephen? I, is he? Have we lost him? I, I, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> um, Look at that picture. You can see it right there. <laughs> <laughs> also, from the Adam Carolla show, uh, let's say an, uh, rest in peace for Alison Rosen's doggy, Oliver, who sadly died this week after being attacked by a nasty dog. Nasty mm-hmm. big dog. I had to cancel fact. my vacation. It's terrible. Ter- it really was quite sad. Uh, you know, whether is, is whether this? you're a dog person or not, you, you should be a humane person 
I'd be sad about that. <laughs> SG? Yes. Oof. Is this what the show has become? Well, we're, no. We're, we're almost kind of crapping on Alice and Rosen's dog talk. No, no, time. no. I'm serious about I'm serious about Ooh. little Oliver. It's sorry. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm no, not. I, little, I don't, I don't think Todd's. I don't think Todd's. Oh, Todd's genuine. kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I'm oh, not. Goodness. I'm not really a big I dog de- I person. Deflect but, you know. my, I deflect my sadness with humor, which is why we watch Popeye and Hook. <laughs> and finally, let's also spare a thought for my aim is true who suffered most of all when he ran out of lube last night during a prolonged lovemaking session oh, with his three ladies. <laughs> so the now let's have, let's have 15 seconds of silence in memory of mates chafing and an, and an RIP to his now departed 50-gallon drum of industrial strength lube. <clears throat> Sorry, that's less than 15 seconds. Um, actually, would any of you like to say anything about Robin Williams passing or memories of Robin Williams before we uh, kick off? Or anything about Oliver the dog or SG's dad or the 50-gallon drum of lube? Yeah, I'll say that, you know, it is it is sad. Of course, he's a conflicted man and had to deal with his depression and all that. But, mm. you know, I grew up watching Aladdin and yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire and Popeye. So, uh, right. He's he's very a very familiar face from my childhood. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Todd. I found uh, Williams. I you know I grew up with him as a kid. By that point, he was segueing into you know kind of these I don't know pseudo children's movies. Like mm. uh, Aladdin is a pure kids movie, but I, you know as we're probably going to get into with Popeye today the. I don't know. This is kind of like a, a weird tweener movie that is aimed at children, but not really. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. But I would not actually. I would. I mean, Aladdin. Yes, okay, it may have been marketed to kids, but Robin Williams' performance, which is almost entirely improvised, it's chock full of references that kids wouldn't get. I mean, you're not going to. They're not going to know who Ed, who Ed McMahon is or uh, Johnny Carson. You know, when the genie pops up as one of those guys, right? No, but it's still a manic kind of energy that doesn't really require you to know who Johnny Carson is to know. Oh, he's mm. he's just doing a funny voice. Yeah. And then when you if you rewatch it as an adult, you realize oh, he's doing a whole bunch of you know celebrity impressions. Mm. So, TB, your thoughts on Popeye? Hello. Okay, that's good. Hello. Keep keep going. Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I was the one that suggested this movie and, and brought it up and put it on the agenda, really, because I remember watching this as a as a kid a lot. We had somehow we acquired a VHS of it. We for sure didn't buy it because we didn't really do that. Uh, maybe we found it in a, a, you know, like a Goodwill or something. And it was only 50 cents. Yeah. But we wore that tape out. This is about when I was, I don't know, eight or something. Okay. So, and uh, is that sweepy behind you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your family were big fans. Were you a fan then, or is it just you were indoctrinated to, into it by your family, do you think? I don't know if our family was a big fan, because my parents, I think, never watched it. They just oh. stuck the tape in and left the room. And But my siblings and I watched it a lot. So, so you, yeah. Here, here, watching this movie and hearing all the songs and everything was so nostalgic. I, I couldn't write any notes because I was just mesmerized trying to... I was recalling back to my youth of hearing all these songs and seeing these goofy characters. Well, that's interesting because I've I've never seen this before. I don't know about USG. 
No, this is also my uh, first time seeing this. Yeah. Yeah, so I had no frame of reference, really. But um, when did you watch it? Kind of in the 90s, I guess, uh, TB? Yeah, it'd probably be around 1990 to 95, somewhere in that time frame. Mm. So it wouldn't be... I mean, I don't actually think you could say it's dated even, because obviously the, the design of the costumes and the design even of the, the production design is pretty much from the 1930s, isn't it? Sure, yeah. Mm. Interesting. It's It's dated in that it looks like they're living in squalor. It looks like they're... <laughs> In an Oliver Twist like dystopia. Mm. Well, they're their own independent nation of Sweet Haven. Mm. They don't have they don't have a federal U.S. government to give them, you know, help. And I don't know if you know, you probably you probably do already. At least probably SG does. But they built that set. It's not really a set. They built a natural real village for real, and they shipped in you know proper lumber and built that huge set. Or, or village even uh, yeah. in, in, on, in Malta, on Malta. and yep. that it's still there and I mean I'm obviously they would have had to they would have obviously had to do some uh, maintenance but uh, you know it was built properly and they shipped in all this lumber from Canada and other places to to make it so uh, yeah and yeah, a lot of money else I read spent, about that mm, go on. is is in Malta they actually still celebrate the movie and have like an annual uh, celebration of it's, Popeye it's a theme park. That's now a theme park in Malta. Um, they they kind of bought it and took it over, and uh, you can go there pretty much every day of the year. I think and they have like a, a bit like in sort of the your Disneyland's and what have you. They have a show, and so they they have. I don't know if they do the songs, but they have a show where they have a Popeye and an olive oil popping up, and you can tour it and everything. So, mm. and it cost a shitload of mo- shitload of money to build it. Um, they put they had one hundred and sixty five people working on it for seven months. Something ridiculous. Ooh. Sorry, yes, G. Todd, do you, do you think they still have a yearly celebration for the Joe Don Baker film Final Justice, which was also oh, shot? That's an amazing it? movie. <laughs> I, I figured you would appreciate it. Yeah, That sounds like an MST3K thing. Oh, it, it, it was. absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> there you go, there you go. That's why nobody's heard of it, apart from you guys. Um, <laughs> Joe Don Baker is a sheriff from the United States, and he goes to Malta to end... The tyranny of the mobsters there. Now, is Joe Don Baker one of these guys who's like appears in like spaghetti westerns? Is he one of those guys? Oh yeah, he's he's a homeless man's uh, Clint Eastwood. Like that guy Bud somebody. There's a Bud somebody who's really popular in Italy. I can't remember his name now. Oh, anyway, <laughs> but. Bud, Bud Ministerani. I don't know. He's made loads of. Anyway, what am I talking about? Okay, sorry, TV. Get back to you. Um, sure. Uh, I thought that, you know, this, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie at all, but. Hang on, let me write that down. Let me write that down. (laughs) It is not, it's, if I were have to rate this movie, I would say it is not a good movie. Mm. But there, there's elements to it that I, I love. Like the music, of course, all the songs are great. I mean, well, there's one or two stinkers in there, but most of them are, are great and, and. Uh, the characters, like Robin Williams, this is probably his best performance ever out of any movie he's ever done. This is his best performance. Nah. Ooh, Although, well, you know what? Yeah. What's interesting, actually? I mean, I vehemently disagree with that, but uh, I think he's. I think the cast were all extremely well cast. And uh, there actually have been, you know, when you look up the news for Robin Williams, or you, even if you Google, like, Popeye now, you see articles about... Uh, Robin Williams in Popeye, and there are people who do do agree with you, TB. Quite a few, 
Like even I think it was an article in Vanity Fair saying he, they think is is his best movie. Um, but no, I mean I think the casting was very very good, and all the people in it are, are ideal for their sure. roles. But I yeah, everybody know. was everybody was greatly cast. Like they all they all look like the uh, cartoon characters. Yeah. And well, I. I I'd say that, you know, that it's the role that Shelley Duvall was born to play. And I came up with some kind, oh, yeah. of, some kind of, I came up with a little bit of improv for uh, the conversations between Shelley Duvall and her uh, agent. So anyway, here we go. Oh, hi, Shelley. It's your agent here. You've been hired to play Olive Oil. What's that? You want, you want to have extensive training and working out so you can look like the character? Uh, I don't really think that's going to be necessary. Um... Prosthetics, I don't for the ostrich neck. Neck, I well about that. I, I, I don't think the budget's going to stretch that. Anyway, you start tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, she she's uh, <laughs> pretty much. You put you put you do her hair a bit and put that red outfit on, mm-hmm. and that's olive oil, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think everything about this movie's cast that it's very technically proficient, but to me mm. it was it's just such a joyless movie. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know. I think. Like if they saw the dailies and looked mm-hmm. at Robin Williams' performance, it's it's right on the nose. But it's also like, w- will anyone find this entertaining? It's like, really it's really flat, isn't it? It's really flat. There's like no spark to it. Yeah, they kind of, it's kind of like they're going through the motions, like they're doing the work, but there's no real fun involved with it, is there? Really? Yeah. Well, that's this is also why I kind of liked it and was drawn to it is that it is a kids like it's from a kids cartoon and and. They made a, I guess, kids movie question mark uh, from it. <laughs> if they made this Popeye movie today, it would, you know, Popeye would be the strong hero. In this, in this movie, he's all humble and and you know timid and just reacting to the to the weird people around him. Yeah. He's not the weird one. Well, he doesn't even eat any spinach until two minutes before it finishes. And this is a lot, another long movie. It's like an hour and fifty something minutes, isn't it? Oh yeah. I felt but, every single one of them. <laughs> you know what I did, Stephen, and I, 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 I hesitate to admit this, is I got so bored that I put on the subtitles, John, this is why I'm suggesting that you watch it with the subtitles, I put on the subtitles, and when there wasn't, wasn't any action going on, I just watched it at 2x two, two speed. So I, I, <laughs> I could see what was going on, I could see the interaction between Olive Oil and uh, Popeye, but I just didn't bother figuring out. I didn't want to listen to it. I already watched it properly. So, and then it, when it, of course, when the action sort of happened, I, I put put it back to normal speed. But, I, yeah, going back to what you said, I think you actually said uh, SG. You know, who is the audience for this movie? Is it kids? Is it really? It's weird. It's weird. Like I, I think it's they made it for the forty-year-old people that grew up watching Popeye cartoons when they were young. Mm. Because um, they dropped a couple of S bombs at the end. You notice that? Yeah. They drop um, some S bombs. They drop some some ass. I I think that and they, they go to they go to a brothel. That's right. Yeah, and a place I think of the uh, repute. the the ratings board over here in in Murray Old England didn't really bother watching it because they probably did the same thing as me. They probably fast forwarded it because they gave it a U rating, which is like a G rating, and there's no way they would have given that rating if they if they'd actually noticed there were any there were a couple of S bombs in there. Maybe it's his horrible diction that that uh, put them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. It, Little tidbit. I think this movie it was co-financed by Disney, and it was the the first Disney movie to have an S bomb in it. Yeah, it's their first co-production because I think Paramount owned the rights. Yeah, because that what happened was, SG, you probably know this as well. What happened was um, Paramount wanted to do Annie, but they didn't have the rights, 
So um, the producer, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Robert, Robert Evans. Evans. Robert Evans uh, sort of racked his brain and said, oh, we've got the rights to Popeye. Let's do that. And you were saying about, was, I can't remember who was saying, but somebody was saying about you know them sitting and watching the dailies. Well, if it was Robert Evans and Robert Altman sitting watching the dailies, they'd be high on cokes. So they wouldn't notice what was happening anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that um, dude, that they travel to the land of illicit drugs. Like, there, there's probably no end to, to the <laughs> supply of blow going up their nose. Uh, Robert Evans got arrested just after this movie was made. Uh, for for the, that's in you know the uh, the kid stays in the picture. That's all about that. He got arrested just after this was made uh, for coke possession. Yeah, but you're acting like Robert Evans wasn't swimming in a sea of cocaine for his other great films that he made. What are you talking about? He doesn't know anything about <laughs> cocaine. Okay, check this out. Check this out. Though I was in my 40s, the entire drug era passed me by without notice. It wasn't my scene I barely ever drank. For two years, I had been suffering from a severe pain, the result of a sciatic nerve problem. Lying beside me one night was a Hollywood princess. Is it me, she asked? Pain can't be that bad. Wearing only a necklace, she handed it to me. Unscrewing the top, she whispered, Take a sniff. A sniff of life. It was my first experience into the world of white. The Sedisa had been Sedisa. He didn't know anything about coke. He was seduced into it by some Hollywood floozy. <laughs> the first oh, he knew about coke was when he was like 50 something and some Hollywood floozy shoved it in his face. Frank Sinatra was online too and baby, he wasn't crooning. <laughs> I, I, by the way, just a quick aside on Robert Evans. I'm a big fan. Patton Oswalt is a huge fan. The kid stays in the in the picture. I've read that book. I, mm. I actually haven't seen the movie. Yeah. But the book is incredible. It's ah, oh, it's it's so it's full of debauchery. The movie is just basically him reading the book with uh, with a lot of that kind of music plus um, some sort of Ken Burns uh, photos zooming all over the place. It's not really a movie. Movie. It's good. I've seen it actually. It's very very good. Mm-hmm. But it's you know yeah, if you've read the book, I think you probably got the whole gist of it. Yeah, he he's not even old Hollywood because I think his his heyday was kind of sixties to eighties. Mm-hmm. But whenever you hear him talk or read about him, all you th- all you think about is one of those like old executives, like yeah, you know, kings of Hollywood behind the scenes kind of. Um, ah, he's ah, he's an incredible figure, but unfortunately, it it has it really has nothing to do with Popeye except that he's he's attached to it, and the movie is not. It's definitely not in his top ten. So, uh, I mean, as a producer, producers do tend to get involved a lot with the director, and then they nearly got. They apparently had a fight. Uh, him and Altman had a fight during the production, uh, and uh, the production was just drugs everywhere. Apparently, and uh, yeah, apparently he nearly nearly lamped. Uh, he nearly lamped Altman. So he might have been over there just hanging out. I don't know. Yeah, well, in you know, obviously his his clashes with. Um, Francis Ford Coppola were legendary, mm-hmm. so I I don't yeah if he if he was on the uh, the 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 booger sugar I don't I don't think he was as hands on with this one out outside of potentially getting into a fight as he was with some other film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently um, 
uh, he uh, Robert Evans regretted doing Popeye because he thought he could sort of harness uh, Robert Altman into making a, a mainstream movie because Robert Altman do, does not make mainstream movies. Um, but, they, you know, Robert, Robert Altman couldn't get arrested for about 15 years because his movies were flopping. Like Nebraska was an interesting movie, but it flopped. And so he was kind of sort of forced to make Popeye as a, as a sort of a mainstream movie. But uh, uh, Altman couldn't couldn't really re rein him in. He thought he could, like he did with a couple of but he couldn't. Mm. Um, also, also uh, um, Evans regretted making the movie because it was... It was a bomb, but it wasn't. A, it was critically a bomb, but it actually wasn't a, a, a bomb in relation to uh, how much how much it cost to make and how much it, how much it made. It actually made quite a lot of money, but critically, it was a bit of a disaster. And it wasn't like a big blockbuster. It didn't make huge amounts of money, so didn't lose money on it, but it obviously didn't make a lot of money either. Yeah, I, I had the uh, IMDb had the gross as forty nine point eight million on a budget of twenty million um, plus. Actually, I'm not sure if this is included in the the gross or not. Twenty four point five million in rentals. Um, yeah, that's probably uh, that's where all my money went. Yeah, <laughs> and does that include the uh, box office overseas? So I think like box office mojo doesn't include overseas box office uh, for earlier stuff, so it may not include it because they don't have the they don't have the numbers. They're not as reliable with the overseas stuff. So I don't know, but he probably made more overseas. Uh, not more, but he probably made additional amount overseas as well mm -hmm. yeah but that you could definitely see even even that level though is disappointing for what's yeah. normally normally you know we see it today any any sort of kids movie will make 200 million dollars even if it's complete and total dreck yeah um, well it's eight, it's 1980 dollars but yeah the return on investment it wasn't very strong was it no, no, and i'm sure when they were doing this movie they didn't think oh we'll get a nice little profit this will be this will be small soldiers. This mm. will be one of those type of movies. Yeah, it's it's clear they were seeing for swinging for a home run, and you know, getting a double wasn't really what they wanted. So, um, wasn't wasn't little Sweet Pea the the cutest baby you ever saw? He really was, wasn't he? He was an adorable little kid. Yeah. That's Robert Altman's grandson. Is yeah, and, he, and the baby was a great actor as well. Yeah, do you, do you know that? It's, that's his grandson. I didn't and know that. That, that's that cool. kid grew up to be Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Although that actually, from a chronological standpoint, that actually sort of makes yeah, that would kind of work, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, the timeline matches. Prove to me that that baby's not Macaulay Culkin. Okay, mm. in I can't, I can't. <laughs> Popeye, Popeye was the number twelve grossing movie of nineteen eighty. So. Not that bad. Not bad. Yeah. Well, bear in mind, Empire Strikes Back, nine to f okay. Number oh, this is a really great. This is a great chart. Number one movie of nineteen eighty, Empire Strikes Back. Okay, that makes sense. Two hundred nine sure, million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Number two movie. You're never going to guess number two movie. We've had it on the Dive Scale Movie Club. Well, you said nine to five. So. Nine to five. Sorry, I did. I blew it. Nine to five. One hundred and <laughs> hundred and three million dollars in nineteen eighty. Wow. Yeah. How in the hell? That's oh, nice fuck. work for nice work for from for three broads. All right, I'll read. I'll go through these very quickly. There's all these you'll know actually. All these you'll know. So number three, stir crazy. Then airplane. Any which way you can. Private Benjamin. Private Benjamin. The coal Benjamin. miner's daughter. Private Benjamin. Smoking the bandit two. The blue lagoon. The nice. Blues Brothers. Number at number ten. 
then Ordinary People, then Popeye, and then after Popeye, Urban Cowboy, The Shining. I mean, wow. Caddyshack, Friday the, 13th, Friday the 13th. I mean, Popeye did really well. Number 23, Flash Gordon, way, 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 way behind. So, yeah, interesting. That was a decent year for movies. Wow, yeah. All of these movies you'll recognize is interesting, yeah. Elephant Man, Raging Bull 27. It's like 14, 15 places below Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god the f uh, fame the fog there's loads close encounters oh that's a special edition okay sorry we digress back to usg uh back to utb sorry yeah so um having watched this rewatched this movie as an adult i noticed something um bluto mm -hmm. really freaked me out as an adult you, do you know why neil because um, of the actor paul smith paul smith have you Oof, seen Midnight Oof. Express? Yeah, I don't remember him in it, though. Midnight Express is a movie from 1978. It is the true story of Billy Hayes, an American college student who is caught smuggling drugs out of Turkey and thrown into prison. Paul mm. Smith is the uh, lead prison guard. He's the one that does all the, all the fucked up shit to him. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Like, I, I love the soundtrack to this movie. I wanted to watch it again just to listen to the songs. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think, I think SG's dad did a great job with the soundtrack. And he did, there, yeah. There were quite a few people who uh, were trying to put um, Robert Altman off using Harry, Harry Nielsen because he's a well-known alcoholic and drug addict, and they thought he was going to yeah. sort of implode. Um, but it was Robin Williams who kind of persuaded him that it would be a good idea to do. And, um, I mean, you've basically got... Robin Williams, alcoholic. Uh, Harry Nielsen, alcoholic. <laughs> uh, right. You know, Robert Altman, alcoholic. They're all alcoholics, so, you know, they're all sort of in a big band together, I guess. And I think that uh, Robin Williams produced a, a documentary about Harry Nielsen. Everybody's, check out. everybody's talking about Harry Nielsen, that, that one. Yeah. 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 I th can't remember if I've seen it. And actually, when I was looking into Harry Nielsen, I did... I, Read his Wikipedia, and his Wikipedia is fucking bonkers. Have you have you read that uh, SG? Uh, I've read other articles about him. Uh, Grantland had a a really long piece on him that was about you know two thousand words because like his ultimate discography came out I think earlier this year. Yeah, there was a, there was an RCA box set which was seventeen CDs I think, which is sort of his primary output. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I would actually say don't read his Wikipedia. Look at the documentary if that covers the um, if it covers the same sort of era because it is crazy that things that happened around him and and stuff, some of the stuff that happened around him. But his f most famous song was actually a cover, which is "Everybody's Talking," which I I when I listen to it, I can't listen to it once. I like it so much. It's this one here. We go. Here we go. Um, Midnight Cowboys, where it was used. Remember that. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. But I listen to that, and and I listen to it, and I just cannot listen to it once. I have to listen to it like six times because it's such a great song. He's very good. Well done, SG, with on your on your dad there. Yeah. Did you oh. get some of those jeans? <laughs> I no, I cannot sing at all. <laughs> Unfortunately. Ah, oh, dear, we have a laugh. You know, I throughout when I first signed up to to watch this, I didn't realize I'd be watching a 
a libertarian anti-tax film. <laughs> um, yeah. Anti-democracy. I, I, made, I made the same mental note as well. It's very much a libertarian thing, isn't it? When they're sitting in that house. Well, there's a tax haven mm-hmm. as a boat, isn't it, at one point? <laughs> right. The tax haven. Yeah. One of my quotes that I didn't use was going to be uh, this one. Uh, well, first of all, there's the 17 cents new in town tax. There's the 45 cent robo under the wharf tax. And $1 leaving your junk around the wharf tax. So altogether, you owe the Commodore $1.87. Who's this Commodore? Is that the nature of the question? There's a nickel question tax. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, they do kind of brush over, uh, you know, first off, how the Commodore gets in power. I mean, he doesn't seem like there was an election here. And Bluto, at the end, he, it, he, puts, he subjugates the Commodore quite easily. So why yeah. didn't he... Why was he taking orders from him in the first place? Mm. Um, well, he wanted the it, power. He didn't want the name. He didn't want the responsibility. He just wanted the power. So that's why he left the uh, the figurehead, the Commodore, in charge. So he could say all his commands came through the Commodore. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> because the townspeople otherwise might have been upset and done mm-hmm. something. Um, and, and also, I will say about the tax collector, it, it was nice of him to take off time from his California courtroom um, and presiding over tunes to come and serve as the constable in Malta. Um, also, uh, wait, I don't get that reference. <laughs> he, he looks like Judge Doom. Oh, I was going to say like, it was nice of him to take off some time um, from oh, shit. <laughs> oh, good, good one, CB. <laughs> I was trying to think of what's what's the name of that the the store in uh, Are You Being Served? Oh, um, Grace Brothers. No, he that Grace Brothers. Is... It's nice of him to take some time off from Grace Brothers. Well, you think he looks like Captain Peacock? No, he looks like uh, Mr. Rumsfeld. Mr. Rumsfeld, the skinnier one. What? It's not. It's not his name. Rums. Donald Rumsfeld was the defense secretary. You know, you mean Mr. Rumbold? Rumble. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What are you? What's going on at your NTB? Oh. You this is when. I, this is why I have to research jokes before I start. This. Them. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> tell, tell Jack. Tell John that Jackie joke again. <laughs> go on, do yeah. that. Let's what? see. Let's see how much John laughs at this one. Go on, off you go. Um. Let, let me. Re- what? What movie was that? No, no I have to research. What movie was that? I don't know. You said just. I've like- heard this a oh, bunch no, of times, okay, and this it's is, about this. this is- <laughs> This was no. I have to remember what movie it was because I can't even remember that. Oh, no, that's, that's the setup. Bloody hell! Okay, hold on. The a joke second. would definitely not make sense with that background. All right, hold on a second. Let's look at the. <laughs> let me look at the list. Uh, when was Jackie and when was you? Shocknado, Demolition Man. No, Demolition Europe, Man, Demolition Man. Europe, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> San, Sandy Bullock's obsession <laughs> with the culture from a hundred years ago. <laughs> She's obsessed with the men of power at the time and obsessed with the culture. It, it mirrors, almost mirrors exactly Jackie's obsession with the times from, you know, 100 years ago when the white man was in power and, all the, and they had all the slaves beneath them. <laughs> Why isn't John laughing? This might possibly be worse than the original. <laughs> the remake was a bad idea. Oh, I still don't. Hey, get it that. was a request. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't pull it out myself all that much, but it was a request. Oh, I don't think you should put it away. Definitely. <sighs> all right, My back goodness. to us. Back to SG. 
Um, You're talking about well, Texas. I did. It, it was nice that there was a prize fight in the middle of the movie. For, mm-hmm. That didn't really tie into much of the rest of the movie. Um, it's in the smallest boxing ring ever on a mm-hmm. on a, a boat or a dock. It looked like. It looks now like let me let boat, me ask this: yeah. as if you guys were young children, if you guys were a, a young tard when he was about seven, seven to ten to twelve, somewhere around there, and you watched this movie and you saw this like boat with a huge paper mache dude on the front coming in, wouldn't that freak you out and be awesome? It would be it'd be both freaking out, freaking you out, and being awesome at the same time. And then when you watch it. Oh, 20 years later, you'd have much nostalgia for this freaky movie, right? No. Right. <laughs> I guess it's just, it's just me. Well, you know, we'll, you know we're going to talk about Hook uh, uh, quite soon. And I think that has the same, you know, if you read a lot of the reviewers who were kids at the time when that came out, they have the same kind of nostalgia for that movie while also recognizing it's a pile of shit. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, I don't know. I mean, Stephen and Stephen and I haven't seen it before, so I mean, we probably have a different opinion on Popeye. There's no nostalgia whatsoever. It's just no, like astonishing. Yeah, really. think think about watching this movie as a child, though. You would be you would be fucked up and you'd be freaked right. out, right? Uh, I guess so. I think it molded yeah, my personality. I, I I don't I don't really see that as a positive. <laughs> like being well, being freaked out. <laughs> I, like I can imagine, I, that, I, I would make, I would say more. It it cultures you a little bit more. You're not just watching Disney movies all day. You have to watch. Uh, you know. Oh, you're Popeye. saying you're saying it sh- shapes your tiny mind, is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, it rounded me out. Did it, it open my mind? Did it blow your fucking my mind. mind. Blew my mind. Blew my blew fucking, fucking mind. 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 <laughs> you you were like you were like uh, a young TB going. Hey, little Hauser, look at his fucking boat with a baby up on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't even have uh, an iPhone iPhone recorded though. Did you have one of those um pixelated Philips cameras board. from uh from uh, Home Alone? You remember those? Yeah. Talk boy. Talk boy. No, no, there's a camera as well. There's a Philips oh, never mind, forget it. All right. Uh <laughs> any more for you, SG? Well well I actually I understand Todd's point where you know, sometimes a little bit of scary in a kid's movie is okay. Mm-hmm. But even you just mentioned Home Alone. To me, that's a movie that does it better, where you have the weird, creepy guy doing the sidewalk. Um, yeah, yeah. The old man. Yeah, yeah. That guy yeah. who turns it turns out to be okay, but yeah, yeah. It's it's also reminiscent of the uh, Pee Wee movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You know, Big Bertha and the clown doctors. That stuff is freaky as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And I also say just the production. One thing that is clearly kind of shabby is that much of the dialogue is clearly dubbed in later. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, I was it was confusing to me a little bit because earlier on the dialogue is is dubbed and quite poorly, uh, especially Robin Williams' dialogue. And then later on, it's clear that they're using a lot of the dialogue from the from the set. Um, and it was perfectly synced. And what had happened was, for the earlier shots or the earlier scenes, Robin Williams was doing the Popeye voice so so thickly that no one could understand what he was saying. So they had to re-record it, re-recording him doing it, so it's more intelligible because no one could understand what he's saying. I can't redo really the Popeye voice, but you know, I use disgusting baited, all that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, well, even as the movie went on, I couldn't tell if I was just getting used to it or if, you know, the mutter was a bit clearer because he's, he's, mm. he, I couldn't understand most of the early scenes. Like, yeah. Yeah, they fixed it. That's definitely. why Popo is Popeye is such a good character because he's he's deformed, but he's a he's good natured and he has a good heart, even though he's he has a busted up face and tumor arms. <laughs> oh, his his arms did look a little grotesque to me. It was it it was weird because other I read a couple reviews of this, um, and they were praising the arm work, and I'm like, ooh, maybe maybe that was just <laughs> maybe that was just. <laughs> Good for the Praising 1980s. The arm work. Hey, those are those are prosthetic. Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah. If they made this movie nowadays, those arms be that goddamn CG. I was a little bit freaked out by his eye because obviously, you know, in the cartoons, it's just like a sort of slit thing. But I didn't really know what was going on, whether he had an eye behind there or not. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit creepy. Well, he did have an eye behind there because he has did two he? eyes. But I, I think in the uh, Oh, well, I mean, he did take it out when he filmed uh, Jumanji, but <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about Robin Williams. I'm talking eye. about the, the character. Oh, the character? It's never explained. It's never exactly, explained yeah, why he only explained. has one eye, nor why, nor why his dad also only has one eye. Mm, yeah. Yeah, Poop. Maybe he in, in, inherited his one-eyedness from Poop Deck Pappy. Pappy Poop Deck. Mm. It's kind of an odd name for his father to have. It almost destined him to become a father, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to work on the poop deck. But he, at least he got, he got past the poop deck part, and he's the Commodore. Oh, yeah. Although they, they don't really seem to have much of an organized uh, military there, so, you know. I think John's yeah. fallen Just, asleep. I'm still around here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, SG was wondering about the hierarchy of the Commodore and then nobody else below him. And then uh, perhaps the only person reporting to him was, was Popeye, his son, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens regularly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how the Navy works, at least. Yeah, they, I, I wanted a little more sailing and nautical adventures in this, from this movie. Mm. It was a bit sort of uh, landlocked, wasn't it? Landlubbers. It was. Uh, I mean, they, they they were on boats occasionally, but it was mostly in the harbour, wasn't it? Mm. For a man who's allegedly a sailor, we don't really get to see much sailing, do we? Mm. I'm, I'm well, sure there's, t- there's a reason for that because sailing's pretty boring. Well, I you know I would have liked a break from all of the squalor and from the the poor miserable henpecking mm-hmm. of. Popeye that's about 95% of this movie. <laughs> well, I took it that, that Popeye is re- retired military because, you know, he's not part of a unit. He's just using his... He, he, maybe he's a, he escaped. Maybe he's AWOL. He, he I, escaped with his uniform. I thought he was like Merchant Navy or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Because he's clearly not we, in the We need the expla- explanations for all this stuff. Mm. <laughs> we need a really deep dive on Popeye. There isn't a performance I can point to that's bad in this movie. Like everyone I feel like is good and they, you know, they do their character well, but there there wasn't enough thought into, you know, will this be entertaining? Will will this be funny? Mm. So. Yeah. End. Yeah. I I've, I've kind of uh I think I've burned through most of my comments as well, but I there are a few articles I read um 
mainly after um with robin williams passing away there were a few articles that mentioned popeye so uh i, I made a note of some of the um of some of the things that were said in there and one of the reviews said uh, uh people like to criticize popeye for its confusing or non-existent plot and they're entirely right too much is happening and it's all happening at the same time it's just a bit of a mess a bit of a mess the movie um uh I've, i mentioned i mentioned uh robert altman but he he was having a really bad time and it was about sort of a decade and a half where it was all just flops um and after popeye he really didn't get a uh, a decent hit until the player which was <laughs> 1992 um but you know people a lot of the critics do love popeye they think that you know they think it's a great film. They think it's a great Altman film and it's a great Robin Williams film. I think they're talking out their ass, but there you go. You know, they're in agreement with you, uh, TB. Yeah. I, I was I'm shocked. Gonna I read... again. I'm going to watch it again later today. Oh, God. Oh. I was shocked. Ebert, Ebert mm. gave this three and a half stars. Yeah, like Ebert four. was the... If you look at the uh, the list of reviews on IMDb and the link or the Metacritic, it's pretty much he has the highest rated review. And it, that happens quite a bit is where... You know, Roger Ebert will give it a ma- give a, a, a movie a good review that when no one else will. So he's not afraid of um, sort of uh, bucking the trend, so to speak. Mm. Uh, now, I, I will mm. say about the plot, I, I didn't find the plot that hard to keep track of. It's not, I think the issue is, you know, Bluto, I don't think, shows up to like 20, maybe 30 minutes into the film. Um, and clearly, if you, if you know the the comic strip at all, you know that Bluto's going to be the enemy. But even then, it's mostly you know it, it's a little it's a little Monty Python in the structure in that it's it's interconnected skits that kind of right. All... Well, that's that's more the thing. It's not that people can't follow the plot. There is no plot. It's ju- it's just a bunch of random things happen. Like you know, Bluto wants to marry Olive Oil. Then along comes Sweepy. There's a fight with an octopus. I mean, none of those are really connected, really, are they? It's that's not really yeah. proper. There's not there's not really a coherent uh, story. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so now it's time for movies we've seen recently. Who's seen any movies recently? I have. Okay, John. So I watched Hot Fuzz last night. Oh, uh, really? Yes, I. You know, it's it's one of those weird movies where you could have sworn you've seen it before, but you watch it and you're like, eh, I don't think I did. Yeah. <laughs> so well all the crazy he, he, stuff at the end is some pretty unmistakable isn't it yeah a little bit i i think i've seen that but th- the other problem that i have is being in the military i like you know so i'm supervising and i do a lot of kind of supervising by walking around so uh holding a clipboard it's very it's what's that are you holding a clipboard no i'm not holding a clipboard <laughs> but mentally i am uh so, you know, I'll walk around and if the Marines have something good on, I might stop for a while to watch it. So I feel like I might have just seen that end scene while Marines were watching it or something. Mm. So because there's a lot of stuff throughout the movie I don't remember seeing. Mm. Uh, but either way, it was it wasn't amazing, but I thought it was a pretty funny movie. I'd definitely recommend it. I don't, I don't I'm not a huge fan of Hot Fuzz out of this. sort. I think it's the Cornetto trilogy, they call it. Um, and I, I really love Shaun of the Dead, but I'm not a big fan of uh, Hot Fuzz. I think I've seen it I twice. Agree. Yeah, I think that's the weakest of them. Yeah, um, I don't think all the stuff with things with uh, Pierce was it Pierce Brosnan is in it. No, 
The other guy. Who's the other? Who's oh wait, no, no, one? he is. You, you know what? It might be Pierce Brosnan. No, it's not Pierce Brosnan. It's the other one. Um, who's the one before him? Oh, I've forgotten his name now. Ro- Roger Moore. No, between the between Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan. Danny <sighs> Craig. Hold on, I'll help you out here. <laughs> I've got my good buddy, the Google. Yeah, I'm Bill typing Nike. in James Bond actors. There we go. Uh, Timothy Martin Dalton. Freeman? Timothy Dalton. It's his, isn't it? Oh, he was in uh, Flash Gordon, right? Uh, he was, and obviously played Bond, and he played... Uh, yeah, like his role in this didn't work. I mean, a lot of the roles didn't, didn't work, I think, but I don't think... Yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, any more movies from you, John? Nope. Okay, SG? Uh, I saw a little flick called South Park. <laughs> South Park, Lo- bigger, longer, mm-hmm. and uncut, that one. Yes, and I also... Um, I was watching it with the uh, commentary, yeah, which is which is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Is that the one where they can't be bothered to talk about the movie? Which is what they do. They do that on the on the TV episodes, don't they? Or do they talk about it? Yeah, it's it's a common theme. I I've seen a couple of their uh, TV commentaries, so I I kind of knew what I was in for. But but it was also they were quite eager to throw Paramount Paramount <laughs> under the bus. Um, <laughs> Talking about how, even though you know this movie had a budget of, I, I think they said the budget was fifteen to twenty million, and it wow. made well over sixty million. They they said that they never got money for it. Really? Um, and they, really? yeah, they that they that they still haven't ever seen money for it. Um, that sucks, balls. And well, that's Hollywood accounting for you. That's why actors uh, go for gross, and that's why directors go for fixed fees. Actors go for gross or fixed fees, and directors do because otherwise you end up with back end, and there's no back end because they because of Hollywood accounting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also the the other thing that I realized while I was watching it, also while I was listening to their commentary, um, is that this movie came out forever ago. Like they they were yeah. talking about how it, it, you know you you barely realize it until you're a couple minutes in and you see butters. And Butters doesn't talk, and Butter Butters had not even been introduced. What as a year character. was it? Oh, really? Yeah. Was it ninety nine or two thousand or something? Ninety nine was it? Um, I you're in the right ballpark. It was either ninety nine or two thousand. I'm, I'm looking I, it up right now. I saw this movie in the theater, in the theater when it came out, and uh, that was a very weird experience being in like a very large movie theater watching South Park. But I loved it. I love South Park, the movie. It's very, very... Yeah, it's 99. It is, it's a great film, I think. And also... It is, yeah. I hate musicals, but I love this kind of musical. Like this mm-hmm. and this... Musicals like uh, the Blues Brothers like and this... Like Popeye. The, no, not Popeye. Musicals like the Blues Brothers and South Park are fucking brilliant. I love the music yeah. in South Park. It's really well done, isn't it? All, all of their, their music and all of the stuff they do is great. Like Team yeah. America had a great soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so ronery. Ronery and misunderstood, uh, and then you've got Blame Canada, and uh, what's that yeah. Uncle? F- uh, what's the Uncle Fucker song? How does that go? SG da, 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 da. Uncle Fucker, you're a f- 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 Uncle Fucker. Do 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 that one. Yeah, <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> you're you're a regular song and dance fan, like like that Andy Richter, <laughs> more like Andy Rooney. Um. Okay. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. Any more on uh, South Park, uh, SG? Uh, not really. I'll. I'll just say that I. I love the show in general. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good. Good flick. It's. It's 
surprisingly still held up, probably because they only do around 10 to 12 episodes a year. So, mm, mm. Nope, that's it. Okay. Uh, TB? I saw a little flick from 1985 called Reanimator, based on the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. Is that horror or is that sci-fi? It is a horror movie, but it's more it's more horror in the vein of like Evil Dead or uh, Dead Alive. Hmm. You know the classics. Um, This one's about a, a dedicated college student at a medical college and his girlfriend become involved in a bizarre in, become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue when an odd new student arrives on campus. I love this movie. It's great. I highly recommend it. Has it got anyone in it we we would know? Uh nobody you would know, but the guy that plays the mad doctor Herbert West, Jeffrey Combs was amazing. And after this movie, all he's all he's ever done since then is been in the sequels <laughs> as the same guy. <laughs> so he he was perfect for this role. I thought it was I thought it was a great movie. It, I I would give it like a eight out of ten on the Bonkers scale and maybe a five out of ten on the regular movie scale. And uh, so if you're into the Bonkers movies like the Evil Dead's and all that, I would say watch it. Mm. I think it's one of those cult classics, isn't it? I haven't seen it myself. It is it is a cult classic. Cult classic. Okay, any more movies from UTB? Sure, I'll do one more. I mm-hmm. saw a documentary from 2014 called Free to Play. And this is a documentary produced by Valve, the the company behind Steam and oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Half-Life yeah. and all those yeah. guys. And this is it's 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 propaganda for their game, but it it follows three professional video game players as they overcome personal adversity, family pressures, and the realities of life to compete in a $1 million tournament that could change their lives forever. Um, I would say skip it if you are not a video game person, but you could watch it if you are a video game person. I mean, there's nothing really groundbreaking here. It's just following some, mm. like, two European dudes as they they talk about living in squalor and then making a lot of money playing video games. So yeah, it's kind of interesting, but mm. skip it. I think I looked at it a while ago and I couldn't be bothered to watch it. And there's another one about um, the indie games business, which I did watch and I didn't. I was kind yep. of bored with that as well. Indie game, the movie. Yeah, I watched that. I was kind of bored with that. It's kind of whiny people. Whiny yeah, it's a lot. it's not. They're they're not really compelling subjects. It's not no. compelling enough. It's just, it's more no. like fan service to people that play video games and more than anything else. Okay. Yeah, I, I I'm a big I'm a big video game fan, but I also had problems with. Some of the documentaries of those nature, uh, Chasing Ghosts and yeah. King of Kong. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, no, this no, is, no, 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 no. King of Kong of these, is an it, awesome King, documentary. Well, yeah. King of Kong is, is a little different because, yeah, that is the exception. But, I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing. Even in King of Kong and Free to Play and any game of the movie, it's just movies about people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s that have Asperger's and don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, the guy who did directed King of Kong was supposed to do a... Uh, fictionalized version of the sort of of the story and as a big sort of Hollywood movie and he was sort of promising to do that um, and he hasn't done it um, and then he's uh, like either written or produced or maybe directed under I think he's ri- written a movie with um, sorry one second I can't remember his name Seth oh. Gordon he's done a, a couple of them actually yeah of well there was a uh, like a there was a uh, press release or a um 
what's the word I'm looking for? There was a, a, a still of from a forthcoming movie, and it it's got a an image of Peter Dinklage, you know, the little guy in uh, Game of Thrones and all those. And yes. he looks exactly like Billy Mitchell. <laughs> He's like a th- three foot tall Billy Mitchell in some kind of you know um, yeah. so, fantasy kind of role. And so the the, the name the, of that the name of that yeah. movie is Pixels. Yeah, so the spe- short short film that was released uh, a couple years ago. So the speculation is he's not going to do a fictionalized version of King of Kong because he's put Billy Mitchell in, in this movie effectively. So who knows? Yeah, and and this this is a video game movie. I mean, it's called Pixels, and it's yeah. about video game experts are recruited by the military to fight nineteen era nineteen eighties era video game characters who have attacked New York. That could be either really good or really shit, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, any more movies from you, TV? Mm, that's it. Okay. I saw uh, 0.6 movies this week. Uh, the 0.1 was Monty Python Live, SG. Ooh. Monty Python Live, that? mostly. And I say 0.1 because I gave up after about 10 minutes because I, I <laughs> don't like Monty Python. I think that I like the movies, but this is obviously mainly based on like the TV sketches. And I lost interest really quickly, and I I don't think I'm going to go back and revisit it to be honest. But if you're a big Monty Python fan, you like the TV stuff, Oof. it's going to be worth a look. But I just like oh no, I've got to see these old seventy year old people doing these ancient ancient sketches, you know, because I think they were kind of revisiting existing sketches. And if you're a huge oh, fan, that's going to work. Obviously, if you want to see it live, but it's not live because it's on telly. So they're they're going to revoke your citizenship. I there's there's comedy stuff that I like and comedy stuff that I don't. There's a lot of comedy out coming out that came out of the UK, so that's one I don't like. Um, okay, it's the not point five. I, I mean, I, I I realize Flying Circus can't compare to Are You Being Served, which you have in uh, encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of. But well, Are You Being Served was of its time. It was very seventies, and if you go back and watch it now, I mean, it's not really watchable I, like most of those things. No, that that like that, that show holds up well. <laughs> oh, look at. Looking, look at Captain Peacock. He's <laughs> distracted by some lady's large breasts again. Um, <laughs> yeah, how how is that not timeless? How is that not timeless? <laughs> Mrs. Slocum has to go home and look after a pussy. The pussy's been caught in the caught in the dangler or the mangler or something. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, so the zero point six movie I saw was Jackass presents Bad Grandpa zero point five. Have you heard about this? Is that the cut footage from the movie? It's the cut footage from... It's basically... It's part documentary, and it's part extended and deleted scenes from the from the Bad Grandpa. Now, the problem with that is they put extended and deleted scenes on the, on the original disc. So what you're left with is not much, really. Um, so it's sort of interesting. I mean, if you really, really love the movie and you want to see how it was made, it, do, it does give you quite a bit of information about how it was made, but the, the deleted scenes are pretty rubbish. Um... Uh, you don't really see a heck of a lot that you don't see in the movie or in the or in the extras from the previous release. Uh, one thing that was interesting is you forget to find out why they cut Catherine Keener out of the movie because you know she was supposed to be in it originally, and she was playing Irving's uh, wife who was about to die. Um, and the reason they cut her out, I you know they don't actually say this explicitly, is basically they cut her out because she was horrible. Um, she she couldn't improvise and she didn't want to do the movie at all. So she didn't play along, couldn't improvise. She was just really just an actor, and she did it as a favor to Spike uh, Spike Jones. So uh, there's that. Huh. Um, but yeah, if you if you're a, if you're a fan of the original, you have to be a super fan. You might want to have a look, but you know you probably want to want to watch stream it and not 
you know, and I wouldn't buy the Blu-ray, it'd be pointless. Really, because you'll just watch it and then go, oh, okay, that's cool. Hmm. It's it's not quite as good as the um there there's a secret second Anchorman movie that's actually not bad. Uh I watched that as well. I watched a bit of that and I gave up on it because it's just the same bad jokes. It's not a secret one. They released it in theaters actually yesterday. No, no, I mean Wake Up Ron Burgundy. Oh, that one. That's quite good, actually. Yes, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, which, it it was weird. For for a good two or three year span after Anchorman, me and my friends would, like, preach the gospel of Wake Up Ron Burgundy, which mm. I I thought was just as funny as the, the original, but in different um, ways, since it had a completely different plot line, which is bizarre. Um, no, but I actually haven't seen Anchorman Anchorman 2.5 or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, I don't think I watched all of that either. I kind of put that on and switched it off. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so that's all we have time for this week. Our next movie is the 1991 kiddies movie Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman hamming it up to the hilt. You should be able to find it streaming on Netflix and other places. You can now find our show on Stitcher. Search for DFSMC in the Stitcher app. And if you're not already doing so, why not follow us on Twitter at DFSMC Podcast. My thanks this week go to my co-host, Todd Brisket. Boya, I'd never been to an event tis much fun and still be conscious. <laughs> and thank you to our guests, uh, Stephen Greenwell. It's a soup burger. These are difficult times. Burgers can't be choosers. <laughs> And Jovial John. Thanks for having me. It's time for us all to go now. But remember, always be yourself. Or as I like to say, I am what I am. I am what I am. I don't want praise. I don't want pity. I bang my own drum. Some think it's noise. I think it's pretty. And so what if I love each sparkle and each bangle? Why not try to see things from a different angle? Your life is a sham till you can shout out, I-